G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and welcome to episode 99 of the WP Elevation podcast. It's very, very exciting to be here at episode 99. Slightly different format this week on the podcast. We uh, hooked up with one of our WP Elevation um, ex-members and who's currently one of the contributors for our blog, Seamus Anthony, who also grew up in the northern suburbs of Adelaide like myself and is a musician like myself. And we went deep into his business um, talking about how to create recurring revenue and we got on the phone to help him out John Warrillow, the author of the fabulous books Built to Sell and The Automatic Customer. So it is a slightly different format this week and I'm actually going to give away a copy of Built to Sell so stick around for details on how you can enter that competition a little bit later on. We did have some technical internet issues so we actually lose Seamus halfway through the call unfortunately but there is tons of gold in this. If you are interested in the slightest about how to create recurring revenue streams in your business, then please put everything aside and tune in for the next 25, 30 minutes. Stay with us. Let's elevate. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. This episode of the WP Elevation podcast is brought to you by WP Elevation, the business accelerator program for WordPress consultants, which is currently closed. That's right. We had an intake of enrollments from the 2nd of September through to the 9th of September, and we are now currently closed for enrollments. But I'll tell you what, you can still get on over to WPElevation.com and get tons of valuable advice from our blog and our podcast and uh, some of the free downloads that we offer on the website. So please make sure you get on over to WPElevation.com and engage in the conversation. Uh, Keep the conversation going, comment on the podcast and on the blog, and you'll learn tons of cool stuff. Um, Our enrolments, as I said, are closed at the moment. We will be opening again for enrolments uh, at some time in the near future. We're not exactly sure when yet, but it will be either late 2015 or early 2016. I would like to extend a very heartfelt thank you to our new students who enrolled in the program and I'm very much looking forward to helping each and every one of you take your WordPress business to the next level. For those of you that didn't make it in this enrolment, as I said, get on over to the blog and the podcast at WPElevation.com and engage in the conversation in the comments uh, and uh, download some of our free tools and resources that will hopefully help you out in your WordPress business. John Warrillow, for those that don't know, do you want to just give us a brief uh, introduction as to who you are and what you do and why we're talking to you on this call about recurring revenue? Sure. So I wrote the book Built to Sell. Uh, it talks about how do you create a business that can thrive without you. After writing that, I started a company that focuses on helping entrepreneurs improve the value of their company over time. And one of the things I recognized uh, was a lot of the entrepreneurs we were dealing with and helping through the value builder system, one of the biggest challenges they have is recurring revenue. And so I wrote a book called The Automatic Customer recently that really delves into how does any company, whether it's a WordPress developer or whether it's a dog walker, can create uh, recurring revenue. Awesome. Um, And it's a fabulous book, by the way. Uh, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes in this podcast to go and check out Automatic Customer. I I will admit I haven't read Built to Sell, but it is on my list. John, I I imagine this is a pretty common uh, common situation, especially with freelancers, the whole feast and famine cycle. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's the nature of the beast, especially in a in a service based business where you're really selling your time, for sure. So, so how do you start the process of working out? Uh, because it's not just I mean, and I've learned this the hard way. It's not just as easy as you know throwing up a, a you know web page and driving people to the web page and getting them to sign up for a subscription plan. Where how do you start the process to transition away from client services where you're selling time for money into building some kind of recurring revenue? Well, I think, you know, you've got to figure out something in your business that meets three criteria. It's got to be teachable to employees, valuable to customers, and repeatable. So TBR. Uh, Teachable to employees means that it doesn't rely on you to execute. You could could hire an employee to design the site or to monitor its traffic or uh, to do the analytics, whatever. Um, It means it's got to be something that differentiates you. can't be something... That's a commodity that 50 other guys like you are doing. And then repeatable means that unlike building a website from scratch once and the customer only ever needs it once, you want to find something that has a repeatable kind of uh, tail to it. In your case, Seamus, what I'd, you know, what I'd probably do is get a whiteboard out or a piece of paper and a pencil and just write down all the things customers buy from you. Which I can... Full I can... What's that? I was going to say, which I could list off the top of my head if you want. Yeah, sure. At least a partial list. Um, it's classic. It's classic stuff. They they come because they want a website. I might know that they need a strategy, but um, they often don't know that themselves. Um, they just want a website because it's an item on their list. Uh, so then, you know, I can try and talk to them about strategy, but they, some of them get it, some of them don't. Um, and they tend to need uh, help with their copywriting and um, they need help with SEO. Although, frankly, I'm a little over the SEO thing. I find a little out of the sort of locus of control these days. It used to be a lot easier to just get some runs on the board. Uh, But these days, it's a whole complicated strategy that requires content and social marketing awareness and commitment and a lot of small businesses aren't that keen on going there they just don't get it um so yeah that's basically the long and the short of it then there's uh, a couple of clients i have who do give me recurring revenue because they understand strategy and that goes on forever so they they want the whole bit the, they want blog posts they want um sales copywriting they want conversion they want analytics they want seo uh, they want social media management, the whole bit. And so then the challenge starts to be that um, I'm a, a, you know, a generalist, I'm a jack of all trades. And I do wonder where in this whole thing I can go deeper rather than just kind of be uh, generalist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is there anything that makes you unique as a as Well, a I'm bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a... Um, uh, I'm probably actually, it's probably a stretch to call me a developer. I'm, I'm you know, I'm a, uh, a great HTML and CSS hack. I'm pretty not that good at PHP, really. I can, I know WordPress back to front and um, I can certainly hold my own in the design arena, but I'm not, I'm not a designer either. My biggest strength would be, um, writing for sure and probably also uh strategy actually 
like you know project management helping them understand what they need to do and what they can do and then pulling people in that's what i'm that's what i'm often happiest is when i'm actually pulling in experts pulling experts on a, on a project so bring in bring in an seo guy bring in like a high-end designer bring in it was right about at this point that the interwebs failed us and unfortunately we lost Seamus. So John and I picked things up and continued the conversation. If, if, the, if the personal connection and having conversations with clients to uncover their, tr- uncover their true problem and go through that discovery process, if that's what you're actually st- the strongest and best at and that's what you really enjoy – then it's, that's really hard to teach and systemize and productize, isn't it? Yeah, but you're confusing a job with a business, right? Yeah. And most freelancers do. I mean, do you want a job? Well, then, yeah, you can be a strategy guy. You can do it as a freelance guy. You can go for work for McKinsey. You can work for any number of advertising agencies. It can be a great life. You can make good money, but it's not a business. You can't be an entrepreneur. I mean, that's not a business. It's a job. And just because the Australian government thinks being – uh, being a freelance consultant is characterized as a business doesn't make it a business it's it's a job and so again and one of the first steps anybody needs to take and if you're going through this process is like do i want a job or do i want to scale up a business if you want a job like it's mental masturbation it really is to think <laughs> i'm going to be a strategy guy and be you know uh and build a business no you're not that's not a business it's a job as is graphic design as is copywriting and there's no way you're going to scale that until you have the discipline to say, no, I want to start a business. Okay, well, what do businesses do? They build things that, teach, that you can teach people to do. So it's just, it's a different mindset. And that's the first thing you got to get your head around. It's like, that's, you know, if you want to do the squishy, sexy, oh, what, let's all sit around a whiteboard and think about stuff, that's strategy consulting and that's not scalable. Yeah. It's a really interesting distinction that you make. Um, I think a lot of people are actually afraid to let go of the reins, to let go of what it is they think they do best, and that's actually what holds them back from that journey of starting to build a business and delegate and systemize and teach employees because they think no one else can do it as good as them. Right. Like, does does Richard Branson know how to program mobile apps better? But he runs Virgin Mobile, right? I mean, does he know how to fly a plane? Nobody runs Virgin Blue and Virgin Atlantic. So, again, he's not sitting there saying, what am I the best at? Right? Yeah. I'm the best flight attendant, therefore I'm going to create Virgin Blue. No, he doesn't. That's not what he thinks. So, um... Okay, so I really like this model, and 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 I think uh, we might have cut you off when you were you were kind of you, you're doing the teachable to employees, valuable to customers, and repeatable. Um, yeah. Just walk us through that. Just walk us through that. How do you in in a services based business? How do you work out? Uh, how do you how do you kind of work through that model to identify what it is that you could start packaging up into a subscription? Yeah. So again, you I think you want to you want to whiteboard everything that you you sell, and oftentimes it can be very 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 small piece of your business uh, that is the most scalable. So, I mean, you know, in Seamus's case, it, it, you know, if, if you were to say, okay, strategy consulting, how teachable is it? Zero. How valuable is it? Ten. Uh, copywriting, how teachable is it? Zero. How valuable is it? Ten. Uh, SEO, how teachable is it? Well, maybe there's parts of it that are teachable, uh, uh, but not a lot. Um, how valuable is it? Yes, 10. How repeatable is it? 10, because people need SEO all the time. So my, I dare say if you got into it, Seamus would find that monitoring his, these websites 
uh, and providing Google, Google Analytics and you know uh, opt-in data to his customers is the most teachable, valuable, and repeatable part of what he what he's what he can do. Because 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 websites need monitoring on a regular basis. So you need to know how many uniques you're having, how many people are opting in your your funnels and so forth. Uh, it's something you can teach employees to do. You can teach employees to, to really dance around Google Analytics and figure out how to use it effectively and pull reports out of it. Um, and it's valuable to customers if you're able to give that information to them, layered in with some strategy advice about how to go about, you know, improving your website. So if I were Seamus, I would not say I'm in the business of designing websites. I would say I'm in the business of optimizing your website. You can get any any Tom, Dick, and Harry to manage to create your website, hmm. but when you want to actually manage it monthly and strategically and give you full reporting on a weekly basis, and you can imagine how for you know fifty or hundred bucks a month, the business owner would say, "Yes, yeah, sign me up for that monitoring." Because God, if I've ever you know, I can't understand Google Analytics. Hmm. I mean, I've looked at I've been doing buying search engine marketing terms and optimizing websites for probably five years. I personally could not, couldn't figure out how to set up a goal in Google Analytics if it was the last thing on earth that I had to do. <laughs> no, really, I just couldn't. And, and the many times I've done it, I just can't get it to, I can't figure it out. I can't get it to work successfully. Why? Because maybe I'm an idiot, but maybe there's other people like me who are over the age of 40 who just don't want to spend their time screwing with Google Analytics. Yeah, I promise you, it's not you. You're not an idiot. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Virgo and I love data and I love charts and I have a hell of a time in Google Analytics. In fact, so much so that I've abandoned it and, and we now use other tools that give us instant analytics on our funnels because Google Analytics is too time consuming and, uh, and the interface is not great. So I, I, you're absolutely right. I totally hear you. Um, and yeah. it's, it's funny, you know, because in our space, the most, the thing that people are selling in, as part of recurring revenue the most is maintenance plans. So, you know, updating your software, doing backups, doing security, you know, maybe writing the odd piece of content. But the whole reporting process, the whole reporting thing and offering some strategy advice based on the, the data is, uh, is something that no one's really um, nailing because... It's time consuming. You've got to pull in data from a whole bunch of different tools. You've then got to think through what that data means, what, what it means to the client's business, and then offer some recommendation and strategy based on that data. And that's, it's a difficult thing to, it's a difficult thing to teach and to scale. And I think that's why, no, I mean, I think a lot of people look for a, a kind of like a new app out of Silicon Valley that they're going to be able to sign up for, push a button, and it does all this work for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Rest assured that having, I mean, having maintenance contracts in place is a great, I mean, I'm not, my son's just taken up cricket. We don't really play cricket in Canada, but he's just discovered a cricket team. So what's it called when you get, uh, when you get a run or it's called, is it called an over? It doesn't go out of the stadium, but actually go, is it called an over when you hit? Oh, when you, when when you, when you hit it to the boundary? Not when you get, yeah. When you don't, not when it goes, oh, yeah, when you get it, it goes past the boundary, but not in the air. Like it bounces and goes past the boundary. Right, so, that that, called? so that's called a bounce. That, that's, that's called a four. That's called okay, a, so, a four. And if you hit it over the fence, that's called a six. Okay, so really well labeled. Trust the Aussies to, uh, to label it very, <laughs> very explicitly. Okay, so a, uh, you know, I think a maintenance contract is the equivalent of a four. Uh-huh. It's, a great first, it's a great first start. 
And if you can put your websites, if you if you get ten you know ten customers and they each give you a thousand bucks a month, you got ten thousand dollars of recurring revenue coming in. You can predict your resources, and that's great. That's a good first start. Yep. What it doesn't necessarily tick the box on is the scale piece, because it's because it doesn't give you something you can really scale quite quickly. Uh, because you need people to run the maintenance contracts, you're not solving for that people issue per se. Uh-huh. So a six would a six would be where you could kind of build out a product like an analytics package or something that you can really hire people on a scale basis to to, to go ahead and and, and execute. Um, I, I don't know. You mentioned Ryan uh, earlier in the call, Ryan Levesque. I don't know if his um, his survey funnels are, are scalable behind him, but my, my sense is they probably are. He's probably built up a bit of a methodology around that. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's all that's software based, right? So that's yeah. um, that's something yeah. that he can build and maintain and just keep selling over and over again. Yeah, you know, he he shared something with me uh, when we were talking last week, which was I think brilliant. And he said, you know, if you if you want to teach employees to do something, you know, write it down. Explain it to them in a, a you know in a in a in a book uh, or a, in a employee handbook. And I think we've all heard that advice. Whether we read the E method or Michael, we all heard that advice. And then he went on to say something more important. Though I think he said, if you really want to teach employees how to do something, write a piece of software. Because because writing a piece of software forces you to put your 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 instructions into zeros and ones. It makes it binary. If X do Y. If X plus Y equals you know it's very like zeros and ones, and that forces a discipline in your thinking that is very difficult to uh, you know to skate around. You've you've actually got to do the thinking to uh, to build the software, and I think that's brilliant advice. That is really good advice. So <clears throat> so let's pretend that you know let's pretend that we've done the 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 TVR model and we've worked out what what we think the um, the most valuable thing is that we can offer our clients. How do you how do you start to transition legacy clients onto a how do you get them to buy into the subscription business model? Because most clients, well, not most, but a lot of clients are resistant to paying another monthly fee for something that they might not be able to you know, understand what the immediate value is. I think you have to give them an ultimatum. And what I mean by that is you actually have to say, we can't do business the old way anymore. And so if you want to keep doing business with us, you have to move to this model. Now, keep in mind, the new model has to be better. You have to be able to explain emphatically in, in, in two or three bullet points why it's better for them. It's clearly better for you, but why it's better for them to go and really flesh that out so you, you make it really crystal clear as to why it's better for them to go to the new model, the recurring revenue model. Uh, but I don't think it's until you actually give them an ultimatum that they will move. You know, I learned this the hard way. I used to run a professional services business. It happened to be in the quantitative market research space. We did uh, quantitative market research, phone surveys, telephone surveys, internet surveys for large enterprise uh, customers. So Telstra was a customer of ours. Uh, you know, British Telecom, IBM, Google, eBay, whatever. All these very large companies were subscribers of ours or, or customers of ours. And I got the idea of building out a subscription model. Uh, I'd seen IDC and Yankee and Forrester Group and these kind of guys who had these subscription models in the research space. And so I decided to do that. And I first went to our you know, these very large companies, again, Telstra, British Telecom, and I said, you know, we've got this subscription, you know, would you buy it, essentially? And, and they listened kind of politely uh, and then said, you know, well, think about that. But now you're here in our office. Why don't you, you know, tell us a little bit more about that custom research project we hired you to do last month. And they would go directly back to the old stuff. 
And so I got maybe half a dozen customers to bite on the subscription offering, but it, but then I was running two parallel two parallel offers, two parallel companies, one with very different metrics than the other, and I found it very difficult. You know, resources stretched over two models, et cetera. And so we ended up shutting down the subscription offering because I just couldn't get it to go. And uh, and I looked back after a year or two, and I realized my mistake. And then we relaunched it in 2000, I don't know, 2005 or something like that, uh, with one major difference, and that is we gave customers an ultimatum. So we went back into Telstra and British Telecom and IBM and said, if you want to continue to do business with us, this is the new model. And it, it wasn't until we gave them the ultimatum that they actually decided to bite. And we got most of our customers, you know, 90% of our customers to opted to the new model. And we, we ended up buy, getting a lot more customers because the one thing that you have to remember about giving customers ultimatum and, and selling a product versus a service, uh, selling a thing, a tangible productized thing as opposed to hours of your time, is that you, you become immediately referable. Like Ryan Levesque is referable because he has the funnel product, right? Mm. We all know you know, you know him for that, mm. right? Or, you know, but but it's very difficult to refer someone who just, quote, unquote, does websites. Mm. Well, who, well, he's a nice guy. Give him a call. Or he's bonkers. Give him a call. Yeah. It's not enough. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't give you enough to, to, to make him referable. So, in other words, you need to accelerate your referrals. You need to say, we offer the XYZ product, even though, even it may be a service. Uh, you mm. know, we offer the hassle-free website product or the $99 a month hassle-free, whatever, whatever the, the, the name you give it. But that, be, that makes you way more referable rather than you know, generic service provider, we do websites mm. or you know, we do web, WordPress websites. It's just, you, you need to have a, a product name. You're right, and, and you're right, because people are more likely to, re to refer a product than referring <laughs> an individual, because referring an individual implies the fact that you're going to have to start building a relationship with them, which is an inv a big investment, whereas referring a product, you can just passively go and check out the product and do your own research in your own time, and there's, and, you know, there's no commitment. You can just check it out and then say, no, it's not for me, and there's, you, you don't feel like you're under any immediate pressure. Right. And I, you know, I may like Troy, but that doesn't mean my friend's going to like Troy. Yeah. You might have a bad, like if I refer him, oh, Troy's a great guy, you should give him a call. And then you're having a bad day and you treat him like crap. Then, then, you know, it's just too squishy. We, we were very, very cautious around personal recommendations. Like you think about the last time you, you, you personally recommend a person. Mm. That's, a, that's a tough, you know, like a financial advisor or a real estate agent. Like those are, you know, you're, you're putting a lot of your personal equity at risk by making a personal recommendation. But if you say, hey, I love the Apple Watch, you should check it out. Well, that's, that's great. You, we, you love that. And you and I are going to have the exact same experience when we turn on an Apple Watch because there's no difference. There's no subjectivity to our, to our impression. When it turns on, it turns on. I may like it. You may like it for different reasons. But we're seeing the same thing. Yep, exactly. Awesome. Hey, John, this has been super valuable. There's heaps of gold here. Um, I want to be respectful of your time, but also I actually think there's heaps and heaps of gold in here, stuff that we haven't spoken about uh, uh, previously in our group, and, and I think our listeners are going to get a lot out of this. So, uh, you know, I, I would, would just want to thank you again for your time and for persevering with us with our technical issues, and um, and I'll, I'll loop this back to Seamus and give him a copy of the recording, and um, I'll be in touch in the next few weeks and let you know when this is uh, actually going to get published. Cool, man. Pleasure to do it. Thank you very much, John. Appreciate your time. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed that very special episode of the WP Elevation podcast as much as I did. Uh, sorry again for the technical issues we had with the interwebs, but I'm sure you'll agree. Absolute gold there from John Warrillow. Uh, I'm going to give away a copy of his fabulous book called Built to Sell, uh, which is the first book he wrote. The Automatic Customer is his second book. His first book is called Built to Sell. I have read it since recording that podcast. I actually read the book and it is amazing. It's a great story. It's written as a narrative fictional story, but there is tons of great Great stuff in there. So I'm going to give away a copy of that. Just head on over to the podcast at wpelevation.com slash John Warrillow. That's J-O-H-N-W-A-R-R-I-L-L-O-W. All one word, all lowercase, no spaces or other funny business. And leave us a comment under the podcast and tell us the number one thing that you found valuable in this episode of the podcast and uh, I'll swing by myself in a couple of weeks and go through the comments and award a prize. I hope you enjoyed this format of the podcast. Tell us if you want more like this, if this format works for you. I'm happy to do more of this kind of stuff in the future in some way, shape or form. Uh, Get on over to iTunes, give us a five-star rating and review if you think we're doing a good job and uh, of course get on over to wpelevation.com and uh, read the blog and engage with the rest of the podcast. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. My name's Troy Dean. Next week we have a very, very special episode of the WP Elevation podcast. It's a surprise. I'm not telling you anything about it. You'll have to wait and see. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate. Go Elevate.